Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go again. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I had to. It's only right. It's only right. Hey, y'all. I'm Damo. And I'm Danny. Welcome to season two of the I'm Safe Butt podcast. Ba, 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 ba. We are so excited to invite you into our personal friendship and intimate conversations about life and our relationship with Christ. Absolutely. Our hope is to create a space where people can be transparent about what their walk with God looks like, right? We're all about being transparent and speaking transparently. <laughs> You will never let me live that damn. Okay. No, as your friend, I feel like I should always remind you. <laughs> appreciate it was a great, it was a great mistake. I really liked it. I appreciate it. Okay. And uh, to help millennial Christians transition from religion to relationship. We are on our third live, y'all. Live number no. three. If you haven't, go back and check out our live with Joy and Chris Mitchell. And then last uh, month, we did a live with Shay from Obedience Pod. Definitely go back and check out both of those. They laid some gems. We had some really, really good conversations about friendships and about God and our relationship with God. Um, Just to give you a quick reminder of what BFFL is, right? BFFL Best Friend Friday Live. Our purpose is to show how God uses our relationships to draw us closer to him, right? Drawing the connections between how our relationships with God, our relationships with people rather, can also reflect our relationships with God. The same things that we do in our relationships on a regular basis, God is asking for. The same way we call, we talk to our friends. God wants us to call him and talk to him. Obviously not on the phone, but you know, same setup. What do you so, mean? Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. This is true. Uh-huh. <laughs> he is on the main line. Um, so we use these Fridays to interview people, right? We like I said, we've done Chris and Joy already and Shay. Um, and this week you have the privilege of just having us, and I'm so Ooh. excited about it. Yes. So do us a favor. Uh don't keep us to yourself. Share, share, share. It. okay. Share. share, share with your friends. Go ahead and text somebody right now and tell them to join in and watch. Because I was so not to be uh, boring today. <laughs> shout out, shout out to our listeners. Okay. okay. Uh, but yeah, so today we're going to be answering audience questions. Yes, I can't wait. We got some really, really good questions from the audience this week. Um, and so I live today is just us chatting with y'all about what y'all asked us. A little nervous about it, but we'll get into it. Oh, All right. Up first to break the ice, we got finished the sentence. So I thought it would be good since it's just us to start with like a very positive kind of note. Um, and just thinking about God, right? And thinking about where we are in life right now, focusing on the good. Okay. So me and Danny are gonna finish the sentence. Our first sentence to finish is I'm blessed because it's my season to be blessed. Yes. Ah! <laughs> I love it. I think personally, um, 
I'm blessed simply because he chose me. Like, I know that's a very, like, Christian answer. That's a very um, churchy answer. It's a very churchy answer, but r- real talk, like, I think I have to remind myself that, like, he picked me. That's so when I'm stressed out, when I'm going through stuff, when things ain't looking how I need them to look, I am chosen. I mean, you are. Take both ways, right? My husband chose me and God chose me. Okay. So I'm blessed because I was chosen. <laughs> I'm kind of kind of so to go with that, but I but it is <laughs> my mind. If y'all don't know anything about me, I'ma always find a song to correlate with an answer. Uh shout out to my daddy. Hey daddy, how you hey, doing? Daddy. All right, what's the second question, Dominique? Oh, your that song was really your answer. Yes, that's my answer because it's my season to be blessed. That's why I, I love it. I love it. All right. I was not joking. <laughs> I was serious. Okay, I'm with it. Second question. Finish the sentence. I'm believing God for. You start. What am I believing God for? Yes. Uh, a million dollars. <laughs> student, student loan cancellation. Supernatural. <laughs> True. But yeah. I got a list. Now, I got a list. We got a very long list. Um, Where we go start? Hey, I think right now, yeah, them finances. Uh, hello, hello. hello. I'm down here believing in you. I need a little money. Um, uh, a little extra. Financial blessing, Lord. I swear, because the, the whole student loan situation. Hey, Yolanda, I'm so glad you joined in. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Um, so like for real, for real, this student loan situation, like the pandemic has blessed simply because it keeps pushing it back. So I ain't really had to pay on it. Yeah. You no, know, for a little while, but, um, yeah, I'm gonna need them to go ahead and just forgive me. Like I'm gonna need you to go- already. Jesus has already paid it all. He is already. Paid he has already forgiven me. So I don't know why the government is taking so long to catch exactly. up. Exactly. So I'm believing yeah. God definitely for some some loan forgiveness for sure. Hallelujah. All right, last one. Finish the sentence. One event from the Bible that I would have, oh, I definitely wrote that wrong, liked to witness was. Don't judge my typos. Too late. <laughs> one, one event from the Bible that you would have liked to witness. Y'all can share with us in the comments too. Hey to everybody who's joined in. Hello, what- Yolanda. <laughs> What's one event from the Bible that you would have liked to witness? It's your turn to go first. I gotta go first. Okay. So man, I was really thinking hard on this, and I probably cheated with my answer, but I think I just would have wanted to see like Jesus. Like that whole experience of like the birth of Jesus. Okay, because I was gonna say Jesus win. At any point, like honestly, at any point in his life, I would have loved to just be in his presence. But I think I'm gonna go with like the birth, like that whole scene. I would have loved to have been there for that. My daddy said the wedding in, in Canaan. Why, Pastor? <laughs> <laughs> the wedding in Canaan. That's when he turned that water into wine. <laughs> you are a mess. You know, I gotta mess with my daddy. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, y'all, I, uh, when Dominique asked me this question, I said the rapture because it's ghetto down here. <laughs> she ready to get up out of here. It's uh-huh. time. I'm sorry, but Jesus is the only answer right now. And I, 
And we are sure that we going to be caught up. So. <laughs> because the whole work is ghetto. Okay. Nah, but for real. Okay. So um, I think I would have wanted to be there um, when Jesus had the conversation with the, uh, um, who was it? Uh, Peter when he was Simon, like when his brother had came, was like, hey, come meet a man. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus was just like, Peter's just like, okay. And then Jesus just like, he didn't even say hello. Like Jesus is such a boss. He didn't even say hello. He was just like, yeah, your name is uh, no longer Simon. It's Peter now. <laughs> like, sir. <laughs> sir. Sir. Or, or when he was with the woman at the well. Because I want to know what other tea he spilled. That part, okay. I just want to. I know that that had couldn't have been the only lesson that he gave at that time. It had to be something else. I want to to know what else. Absolutely, I'm with you on that one. Good. All right, let's jump into it. Right, it's Best Friend Friday Live, and so we are talking about friendship. We're talking about friendship relationships with God, with your people, with your friends, romantic, platonic, whatever you want to call it. Friendships and relationships, right? So we're going to start with just the same question that we started every single live with is our philosophy. What is your philosophy on friendship? Um, I'll start with mine. For me, I've had many, many friends that have, you know, come and gone, of course, like most of us probably have if you live long enough. Friends that have come and gone. I think for me, friendships need trust. Just like relationships, no matter what what the situation is, if you are going to call it, you're in a ship, there has to be trust, right? Friendship, relationship, anything. Um, There has to be balance. And um, I think they get better with time. Um, So when I think about my philosophy of friendship, it's like you need trust, you need balance in your lives, and time will tell how deep or real that friendship is. The ones that last are able to stand through some challenges, some celebrations, some loss, and anything in between. So I think for me, especially, like, I have friends in high school that I'm still cool with today. I have friends that I met in college, like Danny and Aisha, and we've been friends for over 10 years now. Like, I think that longevity makes a difference. And so for me, that's what friendship is. Uh, for me, I put uh, friendships are risky and require intentionality. Um, like Damo said, it's just like in order to get that longevity, you have to be willing to take a risk. Um, no friendship. I really feel like you can't really call yourself a friend if you're not willing to take the risk to be vulnerable with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, vulnerability builds your relationship, it builds the roots to your relationship. And so you have to be willing to risk who you really are and the potential of you being rejected in order to really kind of weed out those people and see if people are really for you. 100%. 100%. Weeding them out. Oof. That's a part of life that I think is it's so difficult to do. It is. Especially when you've like had a long time in the relationship and then y'all come to a place where it just stops. And it's just not moving or y'all just headed down different directions and you got to like, man, that's rough. Rough. 
All right, let's see. Second question. Yes, here. My sister hey, on here. Hey, girl. Hey, Lord, woman of God. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Is to be a good friend. Say it one more time. What'd you say? Daddy said to have a good friend is to be a good friend. Absolutely. I'm not playing with your sister. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. Jumping in. Hey, y'all, welcome. Absolutely stay in. Talk to us. We are excited to hear y'all feedback for sure. Second question. How has your relationship with God impacted your quality of friendships or relationships? I'm still your friend. And I'm dead serious. I mean, people like if y'all have been following our journey, um, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. We've talked about um, how like me and Dominique met in college. Um, we we were all a part of like we had mutual friends. And so, you know, we had our own little group. But when we came back from school, um, nobody tells you about that transitional period when right. you come back home from college. It It's a lot. Um, and so uh, me and Dominique weren't that close. And I remember being upstairs and like telling God, just like, okay, Lord, now I don't believe in calling people my sis. <laughs> they not being sisterly. <laughs> okay, she won't answer the phone. What the bam? And I'm just ready to cut her off. And the Lord was just like, change your prayer. Pray for the opportunity to be her friend. And I did. And you know what? The Lord opened the door and I didn't want to go through the door. Okay. But I also prayed a prayer that said, Lord, let me be aware of opportunities. And Dominique called me one day. I was having car trouble. (laughs) I was having car trouble. Look, anybody know me? Me and car trouble. Okay. (laughs) And Dominique was calling me and I was just like, I know she don't want nothing. I'm not finna answer the phone. Um, and lo and behold, I did. And that that started the whole our whole relationship. It's the thing that jump started our whole relationship. So, you know, that's something that I'm extremely grateful for. Yes. And it was crazy because like to think that she prayed for a different opportunity, right? And literally that phone call, I had called everybody else. She did. I was not her first choice. Let that be known. Not my first choice. Let the record show. (laughs) I had called everybody who I knew that I could, you know, go to. And nobody answered the phone. Only she did. And here we are 10 years later, right? Like 10 plus years later, rather. And Um, that's the best decision that I've ever made. I can't take you. Ah, ah. I can't take you. Um. Well, d- definitely true. Like I, I can't stress enough. Like that's how God works, right? When you pray to Him, you talk to Him. He give you the opportunity. He ain't just gonna throw the answer right in front of you, right? He gonna give you the opportunity to prove it, and it works. Um. For me, I think it goes to like. God showed me how to be a friend. 
Mm. Um, because I think a lot of my earlier friendships outside of my siblings, like my siblings are the first friends you'll ever get. Like there's a ton of girls in my family. And so siblings and cousins were my first friends, but like the relationships that I've had outside of them, my earlier ones were so surface. So like, you know, at the childish stage of what a friend should be. And so God showed me how to love people through my friendships. Um, He showed me how to identify people's motives, like to learn who's here for me and who's not um, through these experiences. And then um, also understanding that I just can't do it alone. I think for a long time, I was heavy on the, I got me, (laughs) I'll keep my stuff to myself, whatever I'm going through, like, I'll just talk to God and he'll help me through it. But like, even God had friends, right? Even God had a community. And so I think through my relationships, through my relationship with God, it just showed me that I can't do it by myself. And I think definitely to like my big sister, pretty much all of my sisters in different ways, like they have been rocks. And then same with like Isha, I can, I can list all the names, Isha, Danny, right. And then I have a couple other friends that have been there through different stages of this and yeah, all them friendships. That's what they talk. Bam, bam, bam. Bam, bam. Let's keep it going. All right. We're going to get to some audience questions in just a little bit. Hang in with us. Definitely feel free to answer some of these questions while we're talking too. We would love to hear from y'all. Question number three, um, how have your friendships brought you closer to God? Y'all tell us in the chat too, how have your friendships brought you closer to God? Well, my answer is y'all always need some prayer. (laughs) All the time. You got to accept your calling. I, I don't care. I would just like to put in a grievance. (laughs) Um, because I just feel that y'all use me for my prayer life. Girl, bye. (laughs) In the earlier stages, probably, because just about every conversation we had was like, hey, can you pray? Can you talk to God about this? I'm struggling with this. Can you go to the throne? Because only you can right now. (laughs) I don't mind it though. Like for real, like that, that, uh, that kept me accountable, Mm -hmm. um, in my relationship with the Lord. Um, because you all continue to put a demand on something that I was trying to not have a demand for. (laughs) Um, still not. I mean, we're obeying God in this season. Amen. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> but uh more importantly you all reminded me about how practical God is. Um and I didn't know that I needed that. Mm-hmm. Um and I think so many times we forget that God is very practical. We try to make him so mystical like Ooh, the Lord. <laughs> Last night he spoke to me in a dream. I mean, yes, great. Thank you. <laughs> um but what the Lord is also saying is that if you want you know, to get out of debt, you need to stop ordering off of Uber Eats. Oh. He, he just said it like that to you. That's what he said. I mean, y'all be like, they don't care about my feelings, y'all. I'm sensitive. 
And Dominique don't care about my feelings. Just want to know that. We're just here to help. We're just here to help. But I love that. I think for me, it was similar to you of just like, you were trying to avoid this prayer life or prayer calling and we kind of push you to it. I think my friendships definitely have brought me closer to God because of the accountability. Mm. Like when you have the community, when you have the people who know the areas that you are struggling in, yeah, they can check you in those areas and be like, yeah, no, this ain't what you said you wanted to do, or this is not putting us in the right direction. Yeah. So um, definitely the accountability, um, just having support, having a community really, really, really shows me how God is there. And I think through this idea of BFFL, of just like talking about how the relationships correlate, like what I get from my friendships made me realize I can get those same things from God, right? God can hold me accountable. God is there to support me, right? God has already promised me so many things, right? Just about everything that I'm going through, he has either been through or can give me some guidance on. And so like, that's the same for my friendship. So being able to depend on them and really see that has brought me closer to God because it's like, God can do these things even better. No, no shots to y'all. Like y'all are great. I mean, <laughs> but God, right. But okay. God even better. And so I think having the community definitely helped me there. all right let's transition so we got some very interesting kind of not really all over the place the the questions that we got from our audience um kind of have a theme and you'll see that as we go through them um so we're gonna jump right into some audience questions and feel free again to chime in with us in the chat um the first question from our audience is how do you maintain your relationships when you are exhausted? I think I'll go back to Shay's answer. When we interviewed Shay, um, I think when we asked her about her philosophy of friendship, um, she said that friendship was about grace. Yeah. Um, and so for me, when I think of how to maintain and keep friendships when life is, you know, throwing every curveball and you're exhausted, it's about grace. Like we're all going to be at different points in our lives where we may have similar things that we're going through, but there are going to be days where we just can't (laughs) and we just don't have it to give. Um, And I think that grace and that balance, like I understand, like I won't take everything personally. Yeah. Right. Not understanding that. Okay, this may not be Danny's day. Like she having a rough week this week. We talked about everything that she's going through. So I'm going to show her a little grace. Maybe she need a little more love, right, this week. Yeah, don't leave me alone. Right, because <laughs> she just told me don't leave her alone. I'm the type of person where when I'm going through space. space, I need some space and I'll pull it back together. So I think having that grace and understanding, first of all, communicating what you need in those times. Yeah. Right. Let your your partner, your spouse, your friend, whatever, know that when I'm stressed out or when I'm exhausted, this is what I need from you first. And that makes those situations that much easier. Yeah, I think like for me, because I know I work a lot. Um, practical things. One, communication. Communication is going to be 
really, really important. Um, as much as we want to extend grace, it's hard to extend grace without communication. Um, like, I mean, there's grace there, but it's just like, if we're in a relationship, I think in order to steward our relationships, we are also to honor the relationships that we're in. We have to communicate. We have to be like, Hey, um, right now I'm really busy and I'm really, really exhausted. Mm -hmm. So like, I can't do anything right now. However, let's check in next week to see if, you know, you know, I'm off this day, what the BAM, you know, figure something out. Communication is going to be really important. Two, I feel like you need to do an audit of your life. I feel like you need to see what you're giving your energy to and why you are so exhausted. Um, A lot of times we don't realize that we're prioritizing things that are um, abusing us. We're allowing systems and people to abuse our times, uh, whether it's because of loyalty, expectations, things of that nature. And that's something that even at work, um, I'm trying to work on. It's just like, look, you don't have to be here three hours after you're supposed to be gone. Yeah. Okay. You need to put up boundaries. You got, you got to, you got to put up boundaries. What boundaries have you set up? Um, how are you going to prioritize this relationship when you when you have time? What are you going to do? Uh, the pandemic has shown us that there are different ways for us to to connect. You know, um, do you got Disney Plus? <laughs> okay, they got the group watch. You and your friends go on Zoom or FaceTime, Duo, whatever. Pop some popcorn, watch a movie yeah. from home. Yes. You know, um, but also having that you time, how are you prioritizing yourself? What are you doing for yourself? Um, stop allowing so many people to have unlimited access to you. That part. Oh, this pandemic taught me that in the craziest way in so many different ways. But like, I think that's where you need to like reflect. If you get to a point where you feel like I'm so exhausted that it's straining my relationships. It's causing me to not have time and not have space for the people who I value and the people who I see being a part of my life for the yeah. rest of my life. You have to evaluate where your time is going. Yeah. Right? Look. You, have to, you really have to think about where your time is going. Cause it's like, for me, um, I literally like had to step down from my job. Like I was a ninth grade civics teacher and I took a a role away from that simply because I got exhausted, really overwhelmed because of other things that was going on during the pandemic. But simply by making that decision, because my job was like controlling me in the building and outside of the building, I had no energy left when I came home. And so by just simply making that adjustment, it freed up for when my friends, when I was having those down days for the other things that was going on, like I could call on my friends. I had time to talk. I had time to check in. Like, and I think just re- really evaluating where your time goes. Yeah. And be honest. Like Kira, she she's somebody I know from work. She's laughing because I tell them, like I, I tell people, like, hold me accountable. And it's just like, okay, Danielle, it is, it's eight o'clock time for you to go um be honest with yourself i had to be honest with myself why are you still at work because i like to run my mouth absolutely like why why you don't have no time how how are you eating at your own time how can you reallocate yeah. 
some of this time so that you're not so exhausted. Yeah. Take that PTO, sis. <laughs> take well, it. They gave it to you. Look, family, take that PTO. <laughs> okay. If the pandemic taught us anything, take that PTO. Yes. They'll live. They'll cry. But, but they'll we'll live. And I think clearly in the chat, like y'all agreeing with us with giving that unlimited access, it it is not healthy. Oh, and if y'all work with me, y'all didn't hear me say that. <laughs> if go, you work with her, you did hear her say that. Don't don't go. Don't encourage go. her to take her PTO. No, nah, I'm talking about them because they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Danielle said take the PTO, so I'm calling off. <laughs> don't put Danielle said as the reason why you calling off. <laughs> don't say that. Like they blaming Beyonce, talking about Beyonce told me to quit my job, so I'm quitting my job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Shay. Talk about access denied. Access yeah. denied. First, ah. Lawrence already. You you take it. It was encouragement to my husband. He's taking the day off tomorrow. That's fine. As long as I, you don't I believe me. It, but. Okay, as long as you don't work for me, because you know it's Friday, Saturday. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Question number two from the audience. Let's keep it going. Question number two. Would you absolve a long term platonic friendship? That's not how you spell that word. Huh? That's not how you spell that word, friend. Listen. First of all, listen for you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, would you absolve, basically, right, saying, would you get rid of a long term, right? You've been in a relationship, friendship for a long time because they said platonic. So you've been in a friendship for a long time, and that friendship is not going anywhere. Are you done? I feel like I feel like the answer is um, yes. Uh, Say more. I feel I, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> uh, so uh, for for me, I feel like one thing that you have to really think about is about the fact that you can grow um you can grow out of relationships um you can outgrow relationships um and it's okay it's okay for a relationship to end that doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to end on a bad note um you all can just decide hey look uh i just feel like this is not working for me or you can say something along the lines of, you know, I feel like we're growing in two different, you know, directions. And I just feel like we need to take a break. Um, those It's hard. These are hard conversations to have. Um, but speaking from experience, having to make that decision with a very long-term relationship, friendship that I had, is necessary. If you feel like this relationship is not um, growing you, if you feel like this relationship is not, um, if you're not reciprocating what you're what you're putting out, um, unrealistic expectations. First, have a conversation. Go to therapy. Actually, that's what I was gonna say. First, go to therapy. 
therapy uh-huh. or something something where because clearly it's it could be a misunderstanding uh, not yeah. misunderstanding but miscommunication maybe y'all yeah. don't know what y'all need from each other right and i don't think people think about this in platonic relationships we always think about this for like marriages and relationships but with your friends it's the same thing right it absolutely should make like it's okay to outgrow people but i think you have to have the conversation first like you have to make sure that both of y'all are understanding like if you're feeling a way that this relationship ain't growing it ain't good for me it's not moving me or pushing me anywhere it's kind of just you know holding on to me you need to have that conversation before you make a decision and I think it's good, like, you know, we we talk a lot about going to therapy here, right? Because I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I've been in therapy for like four years. It's been extremely helpful, especially with these transitions. Um, you got to ask yourself some questions. You got to ask yourself, um, you know, is this person, is this relationship going to be able to pivot with me where I'm pivoting in life? Um, because certain decisions are going to impact your relationships. One of the things where I was, um, when I had, I was in the middle of therapy, I was like praying and the Lord was just like, you going to therapy is going to impact your relationships. And at that time, I'm thinking it's going to be Dominique or Ishi because me and Dominique weren't that close yet. Right. I was like, okay, Lord, <laughs> I already know. And lo and behold, it ended up being, you know, another relationship that I wasn't consciously prepared to let go. Um, And therapy will also help you realize, are y'all really friends or are y'all trauma bonded? Because that's a thing. Because that's a thing. That's a thing. I think, like, depending on the season that people come into your life, like, it could be because y'all going through the same thing mm-hmm. and maybe you have healed and you've grown and you're ready to push forward and that person isn't. Yeah. Right. So like, it's really, and I think again, that all ties back to the initial communication, like how y'all have that conversation is going to be so key and don't be afraid to be offensive, like, or to hurt feelings because I think we end up in situations longer than we should be because we're so worried about how the other person is going to feel. Yeah. Right. You have to be. And sometimes that calls for a mediator. Sometimes that calls for a therapist. Sometimes, you know, somebody else being in the mix. But when you're able to communicate and really point out like this is what I'm looking for. This is not what's happening. So I think it's time that we go our separate ways, like communicate that. Yeah. Especially when you start seeing trends like that's why we have to be honest with ourselves. Are you seeing trends in your relationship? What, what are the trends? What what are the things that, you know, you all have to constantly come back and have this conversation? Absolutely. Okay. You see the woman of God? She over here. <laughs> That's real. Like, you have friends for a season and you have friends for a lifetime. Yeah. And those positions will reveal themselves to you. What Tyler Perry say? Relationships are like trees. <laughs> Leaves, branches, and the roots. That something like that, something like that. (laughs) I agree, absolutely. And I think to that question, like, would you absolve it if you do the work first? Yeah, have the conversation first. That'll tell you whether it's if it's worth holding on to or if it's something that you need to walk away from. Don't ghost people. 
Right. Don't ghost people because then that that never released you from it either. When you no. ghost people, you're going to still be thinking about it. You're going to be wondering what if you're going to be wondering about, you know, where that could have gone and could have been. So I would absolutely say, like, have the conversation first, be on the same page and have an understanding. Then that will inform your decision. So you're a big kid now. <laughs> we have conversations over here. Period. All right, next question. Let's keep it going. Question number three from the audience. How do you navigate relationships when they speak badly about you? Um, I don't think I've had this in my adulthood. Um, I think I had it when I was in like high school. Um Oh, so you found it. Roots are lifetime. Branches last long, but will break under pressure and leaves will fall away in every wind or season. Absolutely. Amen. Yes, woman. Here. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when thinking about when people speak badly about you, like for me, like I said, I haven't experienced it as an adult. I experienced it as a teenager. And as a teenager, I was quick to be like, well, forget you. Bye. And I think it was easier then because there was so much more life ahead of me. Yeah. like It was like, y'all, you know, I'll meet new people. There'll always be new people. There'll always be, you know, God hasn't showed me everybody who's going to love me yet or who's going to be my friend. Yes. So, <laughs> I, it was easy to just let them go. Um, I don't think if somebody really considers themselves your friend, do you think they would really be talking negatively about you? Like, I feel like that's just the obvious answer to that. If you are really my friend, like what I consider a friend, somebody I trust, confide in, depend on, like have been through things with me. Time has, you know, weathered us and like we've really experienced everything together. And I call you my friend and you speak negatively about me. We got to reevaluate it. Like... (laughs) They have to go. And I think it's the same as the last question. Like, you have to have the conversation. Because sometimes we're like, oh, they were in a bad mood. Or maybe, you know, we chuck it up to some other reason. Or we put ourselves at fault in some way. And we avoid the conversation about it. No. Address it. Yeah. Stop trying to rationalize or predict why people do what they do. um, In an effort to show grace. Yeah. Because what you're really doing is allowing abuse. Um, yes. Stop allowing people to abuse you. Yeah. Um, uh, before they even, you even talk about it. Yeah. And it's just like, when you're dealing with community, um, and you're dealing with stuff like this, you really have one. I feel like this is what I know from experience, right? Thing number one, from a spiritual aspect, um, Sometimes you have to have multiple communities, right? Uh, And God will prepare those communities for you. One of the pieces of advice that Dominique gave me um, that was very beneficial is that you need to have friends for different things um, so that you're not overloading like one particular friend group. But when it comes to this and you're dealing with like transitioning from one community or one relationship out, you you have to be aware of what community is being built around you and whether or not that community can sustain who you're going to become. 
Okay. A lot of people don't think about the future. A lot of times we're just thinking about the now and we have become married to longevity. We have become loyalists to relationships that are no longer serving us the way that they need to be served. And so we allow certain toxic and abusive behaviors because these people were with us for this season. But I admonish you to open up your eyes, open up your eyes, lift up your head and look at who God has set around you. Because a lot of times we we become so focused on one specific group of people that we don't see how there's already been a whole nother group of people set up and prepared for us to transition into. And I think that's something that we have to just be more, just be more aware about. It's just like, don't think that you have to stay in these type of relationships. Does it take time to transition out? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. Especially if it's your 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 church family, especially if it's your spiritual community, um, because there's also this level of betrayal. You know, it's just like, and then y'all already know how people act, mm-hmm. regardless if they church people or not. Like when you <laughs> begin to separate yourself, um, it it becomes a problem. But guess what? It's not your problem. It's their problem. That part because they can't handle or respect or honor who God is calling you to be or who you're becoming. Yeah. So get out that jam. I think I think for me, like being a teacher and like having to help teenagers work through problems because, you know, the drama that goes on in high school. Um, one of the things that I think I've leaned on and even like when teaching my lesson. Right. One of my uh, coaches in education was like, if you're teaching a lesson and the kids got 50 million questions, 50 million complaints or they're not understanding what's going on or they're having a side conversation, responding differently, they're like, you didn't explain something well enough. Yeah. Right. And so it pushes me to then reflect on like, where did this start? Right. Go back to the beginning. Maybe there's some misunderstanding, some miscommunication. I think that can be applied in this situation. Right. If you have somebody who you've considered your friend, you've been ride or die, you've been there for them and you find out or over here, whatever the case may be, that they're talking badly, speaking negatively about you, you have to go back to maybe we ain't on the same page. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was something that was miscommunicated. Maybe I'm giving more into this than that person is. Maybe I value this friendship more than that person is. So you may have to go back to the beginning to be like, for me to consider you my friend, I don't think that this was okay. Like, what's the misunderstanding? <laughs> um, Toya says, uh, sometimes we stay connected because people were there for us during a rough season or because we know what they've been through and we feel bad to leave them. Absolutely. All in all, we have to be strong enough to let go when it's time to, or we will lose, we will cause ourselves to be stuck and stagnant. Absolutely. Very probably. We, like we said earlier, they're friends for seasons and friends for lifetimes communication at the start of it that has to be the biggest factor if there's a disruption in the friendship if the friendship is stagnant and not moving you have to communicate you have to talk about it figure out where the the disconnect lies if it's gonna work and y'all both agree to work at it go for it if not you got to walk away and you have to understand that there will be others god probably already got the replacement set up and you stuck because you won't let this one go yeah 
Like it, it definitely like you have to always think think ahead. Like don't don't get stuck in this one little spot. Yeah. Right? Because that's where you leave yourself in situations like Bubble said to be abused. Situations where people will take advantage of you simply because they know you're not going nowhere. And also you have to think about this. You have to this is why it's important to to see a therapist. What are your motives for staying? I have a savior complex. Okay. I I am very much so aware that I have a savior complex. And sometimes my savior complex due to, you know, feelings of rejection and things of that nature from when I was younger causes me to overstep God boundaries or allow people to overstep boundaries that they shouldn't because I feel like it's my responsibility to be there for them. But guess what, baby? Let me tell you something. God was there before you got there. And he'll be there when you leave. And he will be there when you leave. So stop trying to be Jesus Christ and be yourself. That's it. And okay. I think for me, like mine is like I fear conflict. It's yeah. a thing I'm working on. It's an area that I have to grow in. I hate conflict. I hate arguments. And I think like to an extent, it's 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 because of things that I dealt with in my life. I don't, I just don't like to argue. I don't like people to take me out of my comfort place. Right. But how can I really, you know, express myself or work through problems or, you know, overcome issues and friendships and relationships if I don't want to have a conflict? Like, again, I'm hindering myself. Right. So it's an area to work on. You also, as much as you have to have the conversation to figure out where the relationship, if the relationship is supposed to continue, you also have to look inward and figure out why are you allowing this to happen to you? So true. So, so true. You're talking good, sis. I love it. So are you. So are you. All right. Let's keep it going. Next question from the audience. Um, this one was to me specifically. To Damo. To Damo, how do you balance your close friendships after getting married and taking on a teen in your household? Most of the people in here, I think, are people who I know, um, or at least know some about me taking in a teen. So I took in my uh 14 year old nephew, um, got married almost two years ago. These two years went by so quick. Um And so I think for me, like, it was hard in the beginning. I did not do it well. I'm going to be honest there. I probably cried a lot. I stopped answering the phone a lot. Um, I kind of went to myself, um, just kind of separated myself from everybody. um, Because at that same time that I got married and that I took uh, my nephew in, there were other fires going on in different areas. And so for me, it became like, I had to do some some self-reflection. I had to get to a place where it was like, yo, you got people there for a reason. Like you don't have to deal with this by yourself. You you are not alone. Um, and so I think it ha- going through those transitions, getting married, um, losing my dad, taking in my nephew, moving, like all of that was happening at the same time, stepping down from my job, like all of those things happening at the same time. I had to listen to what the lesson was, um, which is something that I've never done before. Um, Oftentimes when I get in heavy stress situations, I stop, I shut down, I hide, I like run, right? 
But this time it was like, no, you got to figure out what the lesson is. And the lesson for me was that I could depend on other people. Um, the lesson for me was that you you can't handle it all by yourself. It, God was like, here go this, here go this, here go this, here go this. And you can't just shut down because you're not working through anything. You're not fixing the problem. You're actually making the situation worse. Um, and so, like I said, initially, I did not handle it right. I did not balance it correctly. I completely shut everybody out. I became a very angry and a very selfish kind of to myself person. Um, and I think now even still two years in, I'm still trying to balance it, but I think I'm in a better headspace of like, what is the lesson God is trying to give you through this situation? Who can you depend on for different things? Who's there to really help you carry these burdens? Like with taking in my nephew, my husband and my siblings have been my go-to. Right. They have been super supportive. Some of my friends who have teenage children, I've had to reach out to ask questions. Um, my therapist, I had to talk to the therapist, like, how do I address this? How do I deal with this? Because he's been through things, too, in his childhood. So it's like using the people around you and most importantly, going to God, like, take this cup of me. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Um, and my prayer life was challenged because I was in a bad place with that. And so just putting myself, getting those habits back, all of those things happening at the same time, the balance was figuring out what the lesson in all of those situations were and trying to bring in people and bring God back into it. Stop trying to like ignore it. You can't ignore it. You have to go through it, right? You have to deal with the situation that way. Um so, yeah, I think that was it for me. I appreciate that question because um, I don't think I even acknowledged how much growth I went through during all of those transitions. Um, and it's still growing, still growing. I ain't there yet. I have not arrived. I promise you. All right. Keeping it going. Um, Next question. Are you the type of friend who could help your friend choose a quality mate? What's the vetting process? <laughs> so are we the type of friends that help with our friends' relationships and picking out a mate? And then how do we support them in that process? Um, absolutely, Auntie Lydia, keeping God first. Like that's, and I think I had got away from that. All those situations definitely brought it back to me this is an interesting question because everybody in our friend group is married except for me <laughs> so so we were th when we were thinking about this earlier i was like we probably could have helped each other but i think at the time where me and isha got married um well i was already in my relationship when i'm no Yes, he was. Ten toes down. Ten toes down. Okay. Ten toes down. Unmovable. Unshakable. Anyway, I was we already... We love to see it, though. Hey, Law, we love to see it. <laughs> yeah, so when I met Daddy and Isha, I was already in my relationship. So Amen. they, I mean, they, they gave me advice throughout the years, but as far as, like, choosing, they didn't have really any input in that. 
with Isha's relationship, I think it was the same. Well, she well, she wasn't together, but when they got together, it like moved so quickly. Um, and I think like they were just head over heels in that way. And so we didn't have much input in that. Um, I think yeah, now <laughs> I think now that we're married and Danny is single, she is getting a lot of advice. <laughs> I just be getting- asking questions. And she's, I love that. I think for anybody, if you are in a friend group and y'all all all single or some are married, some are in a relationship, whatever the dynamic is, be curious. Because I think if you are really, you know, secure in each other, trust each other, like you should be able to ask questions. Obviously not every situation is the same, but if there's something that I don't know the answer to or I'm struggling with or, you know, it's difficult, like go, having other people to go to, like to ask is so important. And I love that about Danny because there is no question that Danny will not ask. There is no question. There is no bad. There is no question. Okay. Take that exactly the way that we said it. <laughs> there is no question. No Everything question. in between, believe it, she's asking. Yeah. Um, And so when it comes to like, helping them i think i think you have to know the dynamic of the friendship like danny said earlier one piece of advice that i actually got from somebody that i like always share with other people is that you have to have friends for different things um i can't tell and i think that's just me like i can't tell every single friend every single thing right so if i because if i know that one of my friends maybe she dealt with abuse when she was younger Like if I'm dealing with anything or something comes up or there's a conversation tied to that, maybe she's not open to that. Right. Maybe. So you have to know the relationship enough to know what the friend can handle and what they can't, especially when it comes to relationships or prospects or whatever. Like you can't always talk to your single friends about everything. You can't always talk to your married friends about everything. So you have to know who can handle what. And I think that would be my biggest advice when it comes to that. Absolutely do that. If your friend needs it, be there to support, but know what they can handle, know what they can't, know if they really trust your opinion. Don't get, when I give advice, I'm going to say that first off, when I give advice, it is never me telling you, you should do this. It's always, here's an idea. Here's another idea. Here's something else you could do. But at the end of the day, you got to choose because I don't want you to make that decision and then come back to me and be like, but Damo said, no, Damo ain't say nothing. Damo was just talking. She was just giving you her experience. Mm-hmm. And I think you got to be careful with that because giving relationship advice has definitely ruined friendships. Um, Or telling your single friend, everything that you and your married spouse are doing and your single friend now becomes curious and want to know if he really doing all of that, like you set yourself up for that. Like, so you got to know who can handle what because your relationship, like there's, there has to still be some privacy to it. Yeah. You have to know your friends. Um, You have to know your friends. I think that's the most important thing. You also have to know yourself. Um, a lot of my friends, they, they don't like to talk to me, <laughs> especially if they like, especially if they believers. If I'm dealing with people that are not believers, it's a totally different thing. But it's just like, do you know these, do you know this person's like, um, what, what they believe, you know, do you all have the same value system? 
if you all are saying, hey, this is what we want to achieve um, in our marriage, it's not my job to tell you what to do, but it is my job as your friend to hold you accountable for what you said that you wanted to do and vice versa. When it comes to me um, talking about guys I like and X, Y, and Z, it's just like, okay, Danny, this is what you said you wanted. Okay. X, Y, and Z. Does this person meet this or are you just like infatuated with this person because they like you and you like them. Okay. And it's just like, you have, you have to, you have, it's more about accountability. Like the veteran process is more about keeping your friends accountable for what they said they wanted and being there to listen. Um, I've never, even if I didn't agree with the relationship and there have been relationships that I did not agree with. I'm not going to be like, yeah, no, it's no get away. Like, no, it's like, I'm the, I'm going to ask questions. It's just like, okay, so what, what is it that, that, that you see in this person? What, what does it, what does this person bring to your relationship? What do they add to you? Uh, I feel like it's very important for us to become, uh, to, to not be judgmental when it comes to our friends and their relationships um, and to handle it with care. Because sometimes when we are on the outside looking in, it's really easy for us to point out different flaws and things of that nature. And some people just need to learn the hard way because they're not going to listen to you anyway. So that part. there's that. Um, but I've already told my friends, and this is why communication, I think that's one of the bigger things, communication. Communication is very important. I've already given my friends, uh, my best friends, I've already given them um, the authority to be like, hey, if you see something that ain't right, (laughs) don't let me be out here. Exactly. Looking stupid. (laughs) You better say something, honey. Because we all have blind spots. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you have to have a community that you can trust that is going to be like, hey, I think you need to pray about this. Mm-hmm. And y'all know when Christianese, if they say you need to pray about it, probably enough. You probably need to rethink something. Absolutely. Okay. Amen. So I- it seems like multiple things go into that vetting process or being able to have that conversation with your friend. First, I think first you got to vet the friendship is, can the friendships like hold this type of conversation, this type yeah. of intimate conversation, because having an input in somebody else's spouse or relationship, like I got to really, really value and uphold your opinion. Like you have to be somebody who really matters. Right. Yeah. So in that process, first know who the friend is that you're talking to. Cause there are people who, like we said, you never know what the intent is or they've been your friend for a long time. And then this one situation comes up and something shifts. Right. So like vetting the friendship, knowing if that friend is able to um, maintain or like have that conversation. And then at the end of it, like obviously like the accountability, if you're going to be there for this friend through this type of situation, 
listen, listen intently to know what they need, know what they're looking for so that you can give uh, informed advice or informed opinions. Um, Perfect. All right, y'all, we down to our last question from the audience. Last question from the audience. I think this one is kind of a straightforward question. Um, I love having this conversation. Our last question, can you be friends with a non-believer? What y'all think in the audience? What do y'all think? Tell us, tell us what you think. Can you be friends with a non-believer? Me, personally, I believe yes. Because if you really put your faith first and really put God first and really, you know, seek God in everything that you do, having a friend that's a non-believer they're going to have pushback, right? There are going to be areas that you don't agree in. There are going to be challenges in that friendship, but you can absolutely still maintain a friendship as long as that friendship does not cause you to waver, right? If that friendship causes you to question and like shifts you off of where you're supposed to be, then maybe it's not the friendship for you, but and just a straightforward, can you be friends with someone who doesn't believe? Yes, you absolutely can. Yeah. What do you think, Danny? I think, I mean, of course the answer is yes. Um, I feel like there has to be a a respect mm-hmm. there um, going both ways. I have friends that are not believers. Um, and... It's just like you have to, I feel like as Christians, I feel like we isolate ourselves too much um, because of the whole, like, how can two walk together unless they agree thing. Um, And I think a lot of times we miss out on the beauty of diversity of thought and and perspectives. Um, I have friends that are atheists. They don't believe. And what they don't know is that God has taught me so much about his love for me Mm -hmm. through my relationship with them um, that I wouldn't have gotten anywhere else. Um, And I think so many times we, um, we want things to look a certain way that we miss out on um, on blessings. Relationships are, are are blessings and are also necessary in life. And you never you never know you never know what could come out of you know this relationship. Um, do I think you need to be care? I think you need to be careful with friends. Period. Mm-hmm. Because maybe every person that say they're a Christian ain't one. So does your character. <laughs> Everybody who says they're a Christian ain't one, and everybody who like says that they're your, they're your friend ain't your friend. Like that's just the reality. Like I don't think like in my life and knowing so many people and having like friends and people who have like lost friendships or friendships of like broken. Like, um, like it just you have to know the person. Like you mm-hmm. have to really know the person. Um, like my sister said in the comment, she can communicate with them, but she doesn't think that she could really call that person a friend. And like, you have to know yourself. Like I, I appreciate you for that honesty because you have to know if this is somebody that you can 
No, absolutely. It's not judgment at all. Not judgment at all. But like to say that you're a friend, it has to be, it's it's something deeper to it, right? Yeah. You're going to go through a lot of things. You have to be able to give me advice. You have to be able to support. You know, you're going to be around my children. You're going to be a part of my life for long periods of time. Like to say that somebody is a friend, I think it can happen because there are people who have like married people who had either different beliefs or one didn't believe at all. And one was like a Christian and yet they are thriving and some have converted and whatever, like you never know. But again, you just have to know the situation, like be careful. Talk. Right. I love that. I love that. Uh, it says she needs someone who can cover her and a non-believer. Can. You know what? Let me tell you something because let me tell you about the sister. Okay. <laughs> because this is the thing. I, 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 I deal with that. I, and that's so when you are, uh, there, 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 how do I say this? When you're called to everybody's called to something. Okay. Um, but when you are called to a specific arena, um, especially like ministry based, you have to be careful. Um, and you always have that thing where it's just like, can you cover me? Because you, you're dealing with like, I cover so many people. Yeah. Okay. And I don't want to be in a relationship where if I need you to cover me spiritually, you cannot. And so I definitely, like I did, I I felt that in my soul. <laughs> um, I I felt that I I felt that in my soul. Yeah. Um, and that's not just with non-believers. I, I deal with that with Christians too. Because yeah. uh, it's just like... <laughs> That brings me to like this thought and it may be off topic, but I'm saying anyway, real quick. Right. When I think about like simply the way that my sister phrased that, right, is I need someone who can cover me um, and a non-believer can't do it. Right. I can communicate, but they cannot be my friend. And she said no judgment. When I think about an issue that keeps coming up, I think, with Christians is like a lot of times they don't lead with love, right? And a lot of times the reason that we can't be friends or associate ourselves with people who are non-believers, with people who have different lifestyles is because we don't lead with love. That statement, every way that she said it, led with like, there's no judgment against you. Like, you know, like I'm not putting you in any heaven or hell. I'm not saying what you can or cannot be. What I'm saying is that I can't do it. Right. Like I can communicate with you. I can talk to you or whatever, but keeping you out of like, I can't, you know, I keep you at a distance. And I think that is okay. And I think we as Christians have to come to a place where it's like, we can, we can be around people if we're secure in ourselves. Like you got to be secure in who you are, right? In your faith and what you believe. Like I have no heaven or hell to put anyone in. Right. So I can communicate, be around you, call you my friend. At the end of the day, we know the dynamic of the friendship. I think it all ties back to like the love, the understanding, the communication, what this friendship is about. As long as y'all clear on it, you can have any friendship. 
Yeah, I think like, and and I agree with that. I feel like a lot of times, uh, different people need different things, and you have to be aware of what you need, and um, whether or not the people around you, um, whether or not the people around you are able to give you what you need, um, and I feel like you just have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Like you just really have to be honest with yourself. Uh, a lot of times, what we also have to realize is that a lot of times, what we expect from from relationships have a lot to do with our our trauma, trauma pain points. Um, which is why I can feel that in my soul. <laughs> uh, because to to be to be the the saved friend, right? Because you know most of my friends are all. Christians for the most part, but to, 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 to be the, the preacher friend, yeah, like certain people need certain things in order to feel safe. And it's just like, what do you need in your relationship to feel safe? Absolutely. But that's the conversation you got to have with yourself. (laughs) Um, and then you also have to, you got, we have, we have to heal because we have to make sure that we're not connecting with these people and having certain expectations for people out of our pain. We need to have more healthy relationships boundaries. And, and boundaries. boundaries. Um, it's just like we had, like, it, it, it's just. And I think this is a conversation that we need to have um, maybe later on um, just about friendships and boundaries and how um, our our culture, how how we uh, our environment and things of that nature um, have impacted the way that we perceive relationships because guess what our relationships with our fathers and our mothers and our siblings are going to impact the way that we perceive our our friends absolutely and that's something like that's that was one of the issues with one of my relationships it's just like you don't have a good relationship with your parents and your family and i can't i can't be your family yeah because i already have one yeah I think they're they're like summing it up really good in the chat too of just like that same idea of like you have to know. Yeah. Right. Like um Lawrence, like he added on like we have friends for different reasons, right? That's the message. You have to know who you can trust, right? Yeah. Who you believe in enough to trust them with you, to trust them with your secrets, with your life. You have to know who you gotta keep at a distance. It all depends on the situation. They can absolutely tell you they can be Christian. They can be Christians and still not have the best intent. Maybe. And then he says, we may need to befriend some people who aren't non-believers that just may be their way. Absolutely. Right. And I like that, how I said earlier, like I know people who are in, got in relationships, married non-believers and they were their way to Christ. They were their way to become a believer. Like, now don't go out there just doing that. Like, you have to know if you can handle that. I, for one, know that, no, that is not my ministry. Not my ministry. I don't have a good <laughs> man kit, Lord. Right. And I think for this question, at the end of the day, you have to know yourself. Yeah. You have to be strong enough in yourself and your belief 
and your thoughts and your <laughs> trust in God to know if you can handle somebody who has conflicting beliefs because there are going to be arguments. There's going to be, you know, situations where you do not agree and you have to know if you can handle it or not. That's simple. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. We really, really appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, these are some really, really good questions, and I can't wait to come back and do this again. Thank you to everyone in the audience who gave us these questions. Some of y'all gave them to us right before we started, so next time, make sure y'all look. Mm -hmm. at that. <laughs> you know who you are. Shout out right to you. A earlier. We got them in there, but next time, we may not be able to, so make sure y'all um, send them a little earlier. In our lives for BFFL, Best Friend Friday Live, we love to end our conversations with an affirmation um, and just thinking about friendship, right? Thinking about God, because at the end of the day, our conversations are hopefully the purpose is to bring us closer to God, right? Same things that we're dealing with in our relationships, same conversations that we're struggling with, we can bring those to God. And God is looking for us to, you know, interact with him in most of those same ways. So our affirmation to end our BFFL, please, um, you know, connect with us in the chat too. You can do this affirmation too. Um, my life has been a reflection of God's blank for me. So you got to fill in the blank. My life has been a reflection of God's blank for me. I think it's really, really important that we reflect on what God is in our lives, who God is in our lives, how he is working in our lives. And so we want to end our live in that area. Y'all tell us in the chat, my life has been a reflection of God's blank for me. Absolutely. Toy, I love that. I love that. Feel like that friendship is very intimate and personal. Absolutely. So, so true. We still on that question. I love it. Come on, y'all. Do the affirmation before y'all are out of here. Say it out loud if you need to. I'll start with mine. My life has been a reflection of God's love for me. Um, I think the people that I have in my life, the people I surround myself with, the people who have left my life, um, the ups and downs, the trials, tribulations, tests, troubles, all of those things, um, it has been a reflection of God's love how much he is still there and still cares and still loves me. Um, I love that Miko. Miko says, my life has been a reflection of God's grace for her. I love that. That's beautiful. What you got, Danny? Uh, my, my life has been a reflection of God's patience for me because I'm a bad kid. I don't obey all the time. I don't obey <laughs> you working on that. Okay. I know y'all be thinking, know, uh, Danny. No, no, no. Danny is one of them kids. She kicking and screaming. Imagine that three-year-old that be having them tantrums. That's me. Okay? That's me. That's you were so silly. It's true. It's true. Because I have these conversations with my friends. Okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm that child. But his patience for me, and I think that's really important. Uh, I don't want to take his patience for granted, so we are attempting to obey quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, but nevertheless, he is patient. Right. Anybody else before we log out of here? Again, we appreciate y'all for joining in and chatting with us. Um, Toya says, My life has been a reflection of God's love and mercy. 
His love for me. I'm deal with you. Your love thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. We hope to see y'all next time. Remember, we do these every first Friday of the month. Um, we got somebody new up next month. I hope to see y'all there so y'all can check in and chat with us as usual. We love you. We love you, Moa. <laughs> this that's our personal thing. We can't do that with everybody else. Y'all be safe in these streets. Don't forget to check in with Jesus, your therapist, and your community. That part. Check All right. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.